0: Let me add you on Facebook
1: real quick. All right, well, this is Brian McKeon and Ian Gridley, live from Connecticut School of Broadcasting in Hasbrook Heights. We haven't done this yet, but, you know, it's worth just perfecting our craft. That's a good way to put it. Um, yeah. We'd like to come at you for about 10 minutes and really just serve as a purpose of shitting on the LeVar Ball's life <laughs> because I personally can't stand
0: the guy. I, I don't know. Uh, I can't stand him, but uh, I can't blame him, you
1: know. You can't deny that his kids got unreal talent. Absolutely. The draft lottery is tonight at 8 p.m., and you can't deny that the guy's got real talent, and L- L- Lonzo Ball will probably go top three, I say it's. I think it's safe to say that, right?
0: Well, he won't go one because the Celtics don't need him. They mm. absolutely don't need a point guard. Uh, I would, that would be huge if they got a point guard. Um, But I, I could see him going pretty easily number two. Well, I
1: couldn't see him going to the Sixers if they get the second pick. uh, Because, I mean, they have Ben Simmons in the waiting. I mean, you don't know what he is yeah, yet.
0: Ben Simmons is not a point guard, though and uh, he can't shoot. So you want a guy who can dribble the ball up the court that's probably better than TJ McConnell. He, Although, how good is Lonzo ball as a
1: shooter? I feel like his game really isn't much of a shooting game. He's got more of a... He facilitates the court very
0: well. He, he gets does, everyone he, involved. He can stretch the floor. Someone like Ben Simmons absolutely cannot stretch the floor. He can bring the ball up. but That's mm-hmm. about all he can do. I mean, most of his game is played through the post. He's six foot ten. You want a guy who can bring the ball up, and I'm assuming TJ McConnell isn't the future for the 76ers. See,
1: I think he fits perfectly in Los Angeles, Lonzo.
0: Yeah, he does, um, and that's where he wants to play. I know Media wise, that. it
1: doesn't fit well though, because I, I feel like I mean, for people like me who Lavar Ball, who can't stand Lavar Ball, he he's only going to make it worse if he's in Los Angeles. Like it's it, it can't it can't get better if he's in L.A. L.A. or New York. It's something, and I desperately hope the Knicks don't take him because that that's not the direction you need to go in right now. No. I think the Knicks the Knicks need I think the Knicks need to get bigger to be honest with you because obviously Porzingis. But I'd like to get into this too because what's funny is Porzingis. Everyone's got this this kind of this this uh, predetermined notion that he's going to be a superstar. But you got to remember, he just finished year two, and the other guys that came up with him in Carl Anthony Towns, you don't you don't see that out of Porzingis yet. And look what you saw from Anthony Davis after year two. You knew that guy was going to be a star. Whereas we haven't seen that fifty point performance from Porzingis yet. We haven't seen you know we, we've seen a couple of big performances, but he only scores like thirty three points in his major major performances.
0: Right. Um, I I think that Porzingis is, you know, he's a unicorn. They're right. He does so many things that are really hard to do on the court, and they come very naturally to him.
1: But is he a superstar? I
0: don't think he is. Me neither. And it Uh, seems to
1: be that New York has kind of— in a way determined that he's gonna and they've hyped him up to the point where they think he's gonna be a star i don't think he's at that level he's a very good player but i don't know if he's a star level that everyone's hoping he'll be
0: absolutely it also does take a little more time for international players to develop um, i agree a totally different game uh there's a whole physical element to the nba that you know people overseas i i don't think the basketball leagues there are definitely as in tune with their bodies and and you know, as as physical as they are in the NBA, in the, in the NBA, you're going against the best athletes in the world, and it's it's you know it's a different level of competition. I think he needs to get a little bigger. I Absol- think be- he's
1: so frail. It's he can't. Yeah. He doesn't rebound. Which I mean, well, let's be honest, a giant guy like that should be rebounding much more often. And he doesn't rebound at all. He's a he's a pretty good shooter. He's great from the outside because most big men can't shoot can't shoot threes like that. No. But. I feel like the, the direction for the Knicks to go in is you need to get bigger. I mean, a guy like a Blake Griffin would be perfect for the team, but I don't think he's going to—you're you're
0: getting him. Uh, Absolutely, but also with Blake Griffin, he's not a natural center, and we saw with Porzingis, when you put him at center, he gets destroyed in the paint. He does. He and cannot stay down there for the whole game, and he gets tired really quickly. Really quickly. Would you go—would you bring Rose back if you're the Knicks? Absolutely not, not for the price he's asking for. Well,
1: the— uh, that's the point, though. Is he's asking for that price, but he's not going to get that. That's that's my problem. It's, there's no shot that he gets the money that he wants.
0: Okay, I would at least test the market first, and I would. I take, would. I would take him back. I would not offer him a contract off the get go. If
1: you can bring him back for eight million a year, would you do it?
0: I. Again, that's really subjective depending on who falls. If De'Aaron Fox falls into the draft, I'm picking him as the point guard of my future. Listen, and
1: and you know, I'd also, if Malik Monk falls to the Knicks, I'd take him. But it it all depends on where the Knicks fall. Absolutely. Because, listen, I'm I'm assuming it's going to be somewhere around a seventh pick. But (laughs) the lowest pick the Knicks can have is 11, and for some strange reason in Knicks world, they will fall to 11. (laughs) <laughs> well they'll get the 10th pick. Like that's just the way the Knicks seem to work. Right. And Phil Jackson will take, you know, Osmani Hazlodovich from <laughs> someone no one's ever heard of, and he'll think in his genius mind that it's gonna work. That, yeah. that that this guy is a superstar. And listen, say what you want. I mean the Porzingis pick looks like a good pick, but A, we don't know if he's a superstar yet, like we were saying. And B, he may have just got lucky. Like Porzingis was kind of the, the best player on the board at that time. Because there's Absolutely. rumors out there that Phil didn't want Porzingis. Like he may have gotten lucky with that pick.
0: He might have, but I mean, you know, luck is kind of half the battle. And at a certain point, when your three prospects come off the board and you just take the next best available, that's probably a good GM move. I'm not gonna knock him for picking Phil. Well, or, you can't. No, I'm not gonna knock Phil for picking Porzingis. But uh, with with the Knicks, is you have to come in with a game plan for this, for you know, this whole this whole new season. They're definitely in a rebuilding mode. He already said he doesn't want Carmelo, and you can't also blame the yeah the progression of Porzingis on just. You know, Chris Stapps, in a whole, it's been a very tough transition for the Knicks. Like, what team are they? What is their offense? Uh, half of the time, they're trying to run the triangle, and the other half, it's just iso-mellow. You're not really sure what your offense is. It's very hard for a young player to develop. That's what I think the problem is here, though, with the Knicks, though, is because—
1: you want to get rid of Carmelo and I think Phil has made that clear now at this point that he does he wants to get away from Carmelo. And that's okay. I mean as a Knicks fan, I don't mind getting I think Carmelo's tenure is kinda of over here and I kinda of wanna see Carmelo win. I, I, I wanna see him go somewhere and win. And obviously Cleveland is the the prime spot to go because I think if they had Carmelo they'd probably be able to beat Golden State, but I'm not I don't wanna one hundred percent say that. He comes off. I don't the know how he he, he doesn't fit in Cleveland. It, it, no. His salary doesn't fit there. It's the that's not going to happen. And the problem is, is I mean, I don't know how much you're in tune with the Michael K. show, but Michael K. has made a great reference or uh, analogy on how this Carmelo thing works with Phil. Basically, the way this is working is, and we didn't have our audio levels on, on audition, so we didn't record any of that.
0: Oh, fantastic! Whatever, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, um, I mean, no, it still it still records. I'm pretty
1: right. sure it did, but I'm not positive. Who cares? Yeah, I was
0: doing this all yesterday. It records. The audition is just how you hear yourself back. Oh, whatever. Well, yeah, that's good. it's louder now.
1: Yeah, we're getting if anyone's if anyone's listening to this out there, we're just getting used to this. Yeah. So, you know.
0: This is my third time in the studio <laughs> <laughs> ever.
1: My problem is with with uh, Phil and Carmelo is it's almost like Phil is trying to sell a used car, okay? And he's going online and he's saying this car is terrible. This car doesn't. This car doesn't move well. It doesn't start. The transmission's broken. The wheels are popping. It's it's a terrible car. But please buy it for thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> like he's he's trying to sell a used car. He's dissing the used car. He's saying everything that's bad about the used car. But he's still trying to sell it for a high price
0: because he's driven it.
1: What are you getting for Carmelo Anthony? Realistically, if they opened the market, which apparently they did at the trade deadline, and there were like no buyers, if you opened the market realistically, what would you get back for him at this point? Draft picks. But you're not even
0: getting... Knew, but you're you're not going to get just draft picks, though. With, with Melo and with how big his contract is, a lot of teams, especially teams that would want Melo, are going to be teams that are competing, and they're going to want to dump off a big contract on you. So you're going to get rid of Melo's contract and get a player who's probably worse than Melo, who's getting paid Who's getting paid like Melo. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to get a draft pick that's probably going to be in the late 20s. And I don't even know if
1: it's a first-round pick, to be honest with you.
0: Uh, it's <sighs> got to be a first... If it's not a first-round pick, then don't trade him. <sighs> <laughs> like... Like you, you at a certain point you you, you can't just give away Melo for nothing. But so
1: this year would have been the year to do it. Absolutely. Be, because the the draft this year is extremely deep and the draft next year is not deep at all. There from what I've heard coming into college next year there's a few superstars like well superstar potential talent coming out of the top of the draft and then after that the draft's kind of dead after that like most years. Right, this but year we got to
0: see how college you know transitions This we year see.
1: we have an extremely deep draft though. So this would have been the year to get even like a 25th pick where you could have you could have done something with that pick. You know what I mean? Like, they should have tried to get get him to even like the Wizards would have been a smart move because we we, we their pick now is going to be what twenty six.
0: Yeah, but they actually all right. So here. I love how you mentioned the Wizards because I'm a huge Nets fan, and I think the Nets made a really good move in this year that's going to be really crucial for the future. Because they you need draft picks. Well, yeah, we exactly need everything we can get at this
1: point. Because that, that trade was probably one of the worst trades in sports history. Oh, I, I,
0: I, I, could, I despise the Celtics. I wanted them to lose so bad yesterday just because they fucked my franchise.
1: Don't you want Cleveland—is is there any part of you— that wants Cleveland to lose in Game Seven in the Eastern Conference Finals, just so LeBron gets it back for the rest.
0: No, man, I I really don't. It I, doesn't I, annoy
1: you that he intentionally sat out eight games, not because he was hurt, but because he just simply didn't feel like playing. It
0: absolutely doesn't at all annoy me. Um, I read an article on LeBron James earlier this year, and they and Tyron Liu was uh, was talking in the article, and he was on record saying that not only just for LeBron, but for every single player on the team, they have a chart that's broken down into like green. Yellow and red for like intermediate, needs rest, and is good to go. And okay. for every single player on the team, they have a rest chart. Basically, this chart is designed to keep these players in peak physical condition so that when they get to the finals, they can beat a team like the Warriors, which we saw when Kawhi Leonard went down. They can come back from 25 points in a matter of minutes. It's true, it's true. Uh, listen, uh, if, this is the greatest team ever assembled in the history of the NBA. I mean, if you
1: want to get into that that argument, um, uh, listen, I don't think there's any Their biggest shot. competition Cleveland, is the Warriors. And Cleveland's not beating them. I mean,
0: I think, uh, honest, if you really, if you
1: put a gun to my head right now, I'd tell you Golden State's going to win in five. If you, if, you,
0: <laughs> if you told me I had to put my bank account on a team, I would put my bank account on the Warriors because it's the smart bet, but I've learned. I, I've you learned. can't
1: doubt LeBron, but but can we be honest here? I I truly believe that if Draymond doesn't act like a buffoon last in the last finals and kick his leg up, which is, I mean, let's be honest, he comes out and says, oh, I'm not a dirty player, or, you know, mm. guys like Olnick are dirty players, but I'm not, I mean, come on, really? And... <laughs> You know, if he doesn't, if he doesn't decide to kick him in the groin, Adams, um, I think Golden State wins that series maybe in five and maybe definitely in six. I mean, I don't think that, like with Draymond Green is is a, is a difference maker in that series. But Cleveland, you allowed them to win five, you gave them momentum because they won the home game in Game Six, gave them momentum, and then momentum. Look what win. happened. And then Game Seven, it's just you know anything can happen in Game Seven.
0: Right. I mean. Momentum is a very valuable thing, and yeah, it can win you a game or two. But once Dr- Draymond came back in the lineup for the last two games, he played Game Six and he played Game Seven.
1: Well, yeah, but get, that's my point, though. Game Six is in Cleveland, so I mean, that's it's it's an okay, it's not you're, it's you're it's an worst. advantage. You're a home. He won
0: seventy two games this year, and he sat out for one game. I get it. Like he sat out for one game, he deserved to sit out for that game. He. You know, I don't know, it's, man. It's it's tough to suspend someone for, in the NBA Finals. I mean, it I, is. I, it like... is. But it's also really tough to try to explain how when you got fouled and you landed on your one foot that you're going to suddenly kick somebody in the groin while you're coming back up, which is ridiculous
1: ad- to me because there there's no excuse for that. That there's no, no there reason. It doesn't make and any sense. There to absolutely me. is
0: not. And Draymond got was coming to him. And yeah, they lost that. They probably lost Game Five, maybe Game Six because of Draymond's suspension. Because maybe there was some kind of rust. But Game Seven, you were in Oracle. You have Draymond back. He's been back for a game. There is no excuse to lose that game. They got beat by LeBron, fair and square. I will not accept Draymond Green as an argument. Without Curry, maybe. But then again, LeBron, in two finals ago, won two games by himself with no love or Kyrie.
1: They should be. In my opinion, the Warriors should be going for the three-peat this year. There's there's no excuse for losing last year's finals. They, they just shouldn't have. Though
0: there absolutely is I don't think
1: Cleveland's as good as them, and I think now, especially because Golden State should have won that series in five last year, they're going to win it in five this year because, I mean, Durant just makes them so much
0: better. It's not even funny. No it's, no, it's not. But, I mean, I don't think they necessarily have this wrapped up in five because, I mean, you saw LeBron literally win two games against the Warriors, granted, without KD. One two games against the Warriors pretty much by himself. And then last year, you know, one game without Draymond, like we were talking about, one game without Draymond, he wills that team to victory. Like, the Warriors, if they were to lose this final, it would probably be inexcusable, but the best excuse you can have to losing a final in the NBA is, oh, LeBron James is on the other team. Well, I think it's a, it's an upset if they if the Cavaliers win. I really do. It's It's an upset in terms of basketball terms, but, like, you know LeBron's. How
1: when is LeBron ever an underdog?
0: Exactly, but you take like the you take like the '97 Bulls or something like that, and you put them against that. The '97 Bulls are probably an underdog to this Warriors team. Yeah, like this is this is literally the greatest team of talent we've ever seen. There's four All Stars in the starting line. There's four All Star starters in the starting lineup. For All-Stars, it, it, there's a very good possibility there's four future Hall of Famers in the starting lineup.
1: Absolutely. I mean it, and a Hall of Fame coach who I mean you better believe although Steve Carr has been not on the bench, you better believe he's got his his uh his his paw prints all over this team right now. I mean, he's when they're practicing for a week and a half off, I mean, you better believe that he's there at practice and he's Oh, he is. He's talking to these guys and he's lecturing them and everything like that. Like he's just not actually physically
0: on the court, and you gotta feel bad for that guy because I mean, I do. No, I, I like Steve Kerr, and you know, individually, I like almost every single player on the Warriors. Maybe aside from Draymond Green and Kevin. Yeah, Durant. I'm, I'm a
1: huge Curry guy, though. I I, I, I think Steph Steph Curry is he's Curry one of the is, most fun players to watch. He is I really the believe the best so.
0: shooter in the history. He's the I, best. Shooter, I believe it. He's the best shooter. In the history of anyone who's ever picked up a basketball,
1: yeah, it's ama- it's it's, be- it's amazing. It's great to watch. A funny story about Steph Curry. Actually, I had a friend on my on my uh, baseball team, okay. who uh, went to Davidson in the same year Curry went to Davidson. I don't know. We'll wrap the, we'll wrap this up in about two minutes.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Curry went to uh, Davidson, and uh, my friend went to Davidson too. And uh, he walked into a, f- a frat house once, and uh, this is after Curry had a great game at home and everything like that. And he walks into the frat house at about 10 p.m. And he sees Curry lying on the floor, passed out drunk after <laughs> his game. And my friend says he just walked into the house. He's like, no, our season's over. What are we going to do? We have no <laughs> shot. And it's like this like funny thing. So Curry was... You know, it's kind of weird to think, like, because we're kind of at that college age. Yeah. That that there, like, these guys were like college students who went out and got drunk. Exactly.
0: And, <laughs> uh, to to a lower degree, I, I work with a guy who went to Seton Hall and he partied and has Isaiah Whitehead's phone number. Oh, that's amazing! Like, I mean, granted, Isaiah Whitehead and Steph Curry are not on the same plane, but like, I I know people that have gone to parties and like gotten into parties because they know Isaiah Whitehead. <laughs> it's so like, funny. Yeah.
1: It's just it, it's it's great, and you know what's crazy too is is a. Uh, How Curry, he kind of did drop in the draft. No one saw this. Like, people saw a really good player. I mean, granted, he went seventh. People saw a really good player, but nobody saw this player.
0: Well, what what people see in the NBA is an undersized player who can shoot and can handle the ball, but he was, like I said, frail, um, being not only undersized, but, you know, he had injury problems in college. And he just didn't have that dominating kind of, you know, presence about him. People in the NBA draft, they want a guy like uh, Tatum from Duke, who just looks like a, a sculpture of a person. Mm-hmm. They don't. I don't know. That's that's kind of like why you know Isaiah Thomas was disgusting in college. He was absolutely filthy, but he dropped to 60th because they don't think a five foot nine player can play. It's yeah. all about the. Can certainly really play. Yeah, absolutely, and it's all it's all about you know the preparation that you put in. So you know. Curry put in his work to get here. He's clearly gotten bigger, he's gotten better at ball handling, he's gotten better at facilitating. There was a lot of things that he had questions on, but he worked on, mm. which is why he went seventh. You can justify that. But, you know, a lot of the draft pick isn't about the kind of like player archetype you're picking, but it's really about the uh, the mental makeup of the player that you're picking and how willing they are to become A star player how willing they are to become the best player they possibly can be
1: absolutely and uh we'll try and come back soon actually and do this again uh before our next class uh we got to get going now because we actually have class to attend so uh we'll talk to you soon bye